Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to grow as the confident leader and take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I have Kyle Gillette as my guest, and let me tell you about Kyle. So Kyle has experienced both great successes as a business owner and frustrating failures. We all can appreciate that. (laughs) His successes were the result of great mentoring and coaching, while his business failures, unfortunately two of them, were the result of not seeking the coaching and guidance he needed. These experiences have led him down, unbeknownst to him, a very specific path from men's mentoring to pet resorts to HR and Kyle's experiences running a successful personal training business, helping others reach their human potential through the power of mindset has always been his path. The business and life education have put a desire in his heart to help people experience work from a whole new level of satisfaction and reward. His certification in behavioral analysis, professional coaching, and personal training, along with a degree in kinsonology, make Kyle uniquely qualified to serve and support his clients. Ultimately, this led him to create the Mega Mindset Leadership Framework. As a mindset coach who specializes in helping clients understand how the thoughts affect their lives and business, Kyle understands what it takes for someone's mindset to change. His focus is on helping clients build powerful self-awareness in their life and business create extreme accountability to achieve big goals, dreams, and results with a growth mindset that fosters empowerment for others so they can have the life they are looking for with the most possible influence. Our title today is Unlocking Leadership Through Strengths. I'm sorry, Leadership Strengths Through Self-Awareness. Again, Unlocking Leadership Strengths through self-awareness. Please join me in welcoming my guest, Kyle Gillette. Hi, Kyle. How are you? I'm good, Vicki. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's a Friday right now. If you're watching this and it's not a Friday, I'm so sorry for you. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to go into the weekend and we're looking forward to it. So we start with the easy question, which is where do you call home? Where do you live? Yeah, we live in Linden, Washington, which is uh, two hours north of Seattle, Washington. Nice, nice, nice. I love Seattle. It's beautiful there. 
And so what does it mean? We talked about um, the blue shirt leader and blue is B period L period U period E, which is an acronym for something. So please share with us, what is that all about? Yeah, so part of the bio references working at a men's mentoring program running a pet resort and, and being a part of that. I was part of that for about nine years. And mm-hmm. during that time, I received wonderful mentoring from a serial entrepreneur that run 30 different businesses, retired in his early fifties as a, a multimillionaire. And he's still, mm-hmm. he's almost 80 now and he's still working in that program and he's never taken a paycheck. Right. So great heart, great mentorship, grew up on an orange farm, blue collar mentality, worked since I was in seventh grade. And uh, so I had wonderful mentorship in both through my father and through this gentleman. And over the course of time, as I moved into my businesses, failed a couple, had some success, I, I knew I needed to create my own framework, my own specific tools that I could use however the heck I wanted without anybody saying, no, you can't do that because it's my tool and you can't do, use it that way. So I started mm-hmm. thinking about building an acronym that would click because I love acronyms. They they make my brain sing. And it just <laughs> makes my life easier. And one morning, 3 a.m. in the morning, I wake up and I hear the word self-awareness. And I'd already been thinking about various acronyms, but they, they were SSRM or TTPQ or something. It just didn't work. Not rememberable. Or no, not, memorable. not at all. <laughs> and so it finally came together and blue comes out to be, be a self-aware leader, lead with accountability, use a growth mindset and empower others. And I Ah. use the metaphor of a house to explain it. So, yeah. Okay. Well, give us the metaphor of the house. Sure. Sure. So the great, the great foundation of leadership is going to be being a self-aware leader. If you, if you don't have self-awareness, you you can't build leadership. You you have to have self-awareness. Otherwise your leadership's not going to follow. Uh, then the the nails that holds the leadership house together is the accountability. So leading with accountability, those that is what helps keep that leadership house together. Then the walls and the roof are represented by using a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, often as we grow as leaders, and if you think about your home, as you grow into your home and make it more and more your own, you you modify it, you get new furniture, or you remodel it or you add an addition to it and this is what happens in our leadership as well mm-hmm. and then e is the empowerment which is the windows and doors and this is where people look into your leadership and they go wow what is what is vicky up to what is kyle up to and they, they get really intrigued and they want to partake they want to be influenced by you and so then they step into your leadership the opposite is true too though when you are leading somebody so well and you kind of make a disciple of them let's say they end mm-hmm. up at some point stepping out and leading in their own way they go and run their own business or maybe they just Mm -hmm. lead underneath your roof still but either way you're empowering them and that's the simple that's the simple explanation of of the leadership house yeah when you were talking about the windows and doors i thought well it lets in the light so you can see better what to do (laughs) to be empowered what to do awesome 100 what personality types work best together in your experience? Well, in it depends if we're talking work <laughs> versus talking marriages. In okay, marriages, well, let's do work first. <laughs> okay. In, in work, you're going to want to have like-minded 
mm-hmm. personality types. If they're working real close together and consistently, you're going to want like personality types or like behavioral types. So uh, in DISC, you're talking steady styles and conscientious styles working together uh, or the combination where someone is both of those styles working together. Another one would be influence styles and steady styles working together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good combination as well. Or dominance and influence. But if you try to put a dominant style and a steady style together, not so much. And if you try mm-hmm. to do a conscientious style and influence style, not so much. Now, it can work, of course, but the synergy of it takes a lot of effort and a lot mm-hmm. of maturity. And, and that's that happens and it works and it's great, but it's a lot harder to to make happen in comparison to the other personality types. So what are the steps to harness, harnessing your leadership steps or strengths? I think you need to be a student of yourself. Oh, that's good. And one of those things that, one of the things that I recommend to all my clients is to journal to take the time to journal. Uh, It's something that a uh, pastor recommended to me when I was 16 years old. I was struggling in life with with girl stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. I was really struggling with girl stuff and kind of a little bit frustrated with some things at home. And he said, Kyle, you should you should do some journaling. And since then, I've I've journaled every day, pretty much with with a little tiny bit of exception, but every day uh, I've journaled since. In fact, on my iPhone, I've got, I've got, uh, I use the notes in there and there's over mm-hmm. 3000 journal entries, which is <laughs> cool because I can type in a search term of some sort and then go look at all the times I've talked about that in my journal and just oh, read That's so much made. better than a paper one. <laughs> I'll have yep. to switch. I will have to switch. Yeah. So that's been really rewarding. So I, I would say journaling mm-hmm. is one of them because you can study yourself. Another another one is for me, I often do a weekly review. Well, not often. I always do a weekly review where mm-hmm. at the end of the week, I'm yes, I'm looking back at what I did. Of course, got to check in on that. I'm looking at my, my finances, mm-hmm. do that too. But I have these seven different categories that I'm intentionally spending time in, in my life. Mm-hmm. So one of them is, is coaching. Another one is development. Another one is education. And I've got, you know, four others. And I have a certain number of hours that I'm wanting to dedicate to those areas of my life every single week so that I'm mm-hmm. growing and developing in those areas. And so I look back at my calendar and see how I did. And I don't hit it every time, but I try to hit about 80% of mm-hmm. the goal, goal number of hours. So that's one thing. And then another way that I review is I do a, what I call is a weekly MOLO and MOLO stands for five different things, which is uh, what do I want to do more of? What do I want to do less of? What do I want to start doing, stop doing and keep doing? So those Mm -hmm. five questions and you pick a very specific topic. So sometimes I'm picking a specific child and a specific thing about them as it relates to maybe taking one of my daughters out on dates. Mm -hmm. And I ask myself, what do I want to do more of with that? Or something to do with with my marketing, the specific Mm -hmm. part of my marketing. And I work through those five questions on that one topic. And that just is really powerful for creating that Mm self-awareness and giving you the opportunity to review and know yourself better and better. So do you want to give those steps again? What do we want with those questions you ask yourself again? Yeah. The Molo. Yeah. What should I do more of? What Mm -hmm. should I do less of? What should I start doing? What should I stop doing? And what should I keep doing? Very good. Excellent. All right. So as you, as we all have our businesses and we 
should have a, a vision and a mission and things, but it also is important that we understand and establish our core values, our values. So talk about that and, and why you believe it's so important as well. Yeah. I mean, to me, if you think about your core values, like the roots of a tree, Mm-hmm. If if those values aren't clearly defined, then you're gonna you're not gonna be allowing in the things that you want to, and you're gonna be allowing in the things that you don't want. So roots in a tree literally serve as a filter. They serve as nourishment. They take in the water. They take in the air. They, there's a lot of things that roots do, and that's a lot of what our values need to be doing for mm-hmm. us. And if if you don't have those clearly defined then the roots of who you are as a person aren't getting the nourishment, which is not getting you the nourishment that you need to have the growth that you want, to have the success that you want, to have the energy that you want to pursue the goals that you have. So defining your values is a process. It's not something you sit down for, sit down to do and takes 20 minutes. It's a process. And it might take somebody months to be real comfortable with their values and defining them. And I walk people through a process. Mm -hmm. And once you get there, though, now you have a filter. And what comes into your life that doesn't fit that, push it away. And it's easy because you have a leg to stand on and Mm -hmm. you have an intention and a purpose as to why you're resisting that thing or that person for that matter. So value is extremely, (laughs) man, extremely important. That's for sure. And I think sometimes people struggle with like, oh, I have to come up with something unique. And, and, you know, what I found is that as I've gone through life, there are things and other people's businesses, values and things that I agree with that I live by, and I'm happy to steal from them. (laughs) So, you know, and, and also whenever you're trying to find uh, teams and employees, I think it's that's an important question to ask because you want to be aligned with those values. Yeah, well, and that pays forward into your friendships and your with your with your significant other. Mm-hmm. There's so many things, and mine mine are up on my board right here. I've got six up there, and they're 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 pretty generic actually. Yeah. But I'm okay with that because they're who yeah. I am and they fit me, and and that's the important part. So exactly. And you can live by them. If it, they fit you, you can live by them. Exactly. It's no, it doesn't help at all if you have them, but you can't live it. Yeah. And it, they don't help much if you don't have them in front of you either. Yeah. You know, I yeah. I need to have them in front of me every, every week. Another part of my weekly review is I review my goals. Yes. But I also review my values mm-hmm. and it's not just reading gratitude, learning, integrity, et cetera, my list. It's how do I define what those words mean? Mm-hmm. And what is the story behind each of those words for me? And what mm-hmm. do I want them to be representing in my life as if it's already happening? So I really like to create goals and values and vision that is written out as if it's already happening, not mm-hmm. as if it's something that I'm aspiring to or something that mm-hmm. I'm going towards or hoping will happen, but something that exists already in my in my life. And when I do that, it creates this different pull in my unconscious mind compared to if I said, well, I'm going to have high integrity or I'm going to write a third book or I'm going to Mm -hmm. do X, whatever it is. If that's just a different pull on the way I think about something in comparison to talking about it as if I've already achieved it. Yeah, that's the way my morning and evening affirmations are. My evening gratitude is as if it is already happened. 
So we talked about goals, but what are some tips that you have for um, accomplishing goals, especially as you have so many things pulling us different ways and shiny object syndrome and all that. So talk to me a little bit about some tips. Yeah, I would say smart goals are the, the winner and I'm not going to go through smart goals because so many Everybody people have heard it could be a little bit boring, <laughs> but uh, I, I have a little bit of a twist on two letters of SMART goal. Uh, the A I, I say is accountability and as if. So we've already mm -hmm. touched on the as if, which is mm -hmm. saying your goals as if they exist. Mm -hmm. And just briefly, the way to do that, that works really well is pretend or imagine you're writing a narrative of what your goal is going to look like to a 12 year old. Yeah. As if you're sharing this wonderful, exciting story to a 12 year old with all your senses involved and do it in about 150 words or less. If you do that, now your unconscious mind is really engaged in, in the goal. So mm -hmm. that's one of the parts of, of um, the A and SMART. The other part is accountable. And that's a whole, that's an acronym that I've created. And I can go into that a little bit if you'd like me to, um, but that's the second piece. And then the other one I want to emphasize also is the T, which yes, it's time bound, but it's also toward a toward goal versus an away from mm. goal. And the significant, ah. there's a significant difference there. Yeah, for sure. All right. So how does a leader shift from telling people what to do? to empowering them. And I love this one as a pro past project leader. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah, I would say you have to start. Well, let me let me use a little bit less aggressive language. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> idea to start with fascination. And what I mean by that is assume that the person that you're delegating to or working with is absolutely fascinating, that their story is fascinating, the way they think is fascinating, the way that they respond to situations is just fascinating. They're absolutely interesting and worth giving the attention to. If you start from that assumption, now your mind is going to be approaching that person in a different way. If I'm talking with you, Vicky, and I assume that you're not not very smart or you're not that exciting to talk to and you don't have that exciting of a story, then I'm not going to engage you mm. in the way that if I had thought of you differently. And so my thinking adjusts with that person automatically. If you just do that, there's three steps I'll give you here, but if you just do that, you're, you're winning <laughs> already when it comes to <laughs> empowerment. So assume the person's fascinating and, mm -hmm. and you can do that by just asking questions, just asking open questions about their life as much as is kind of permissible in the context that you're in. But even if you can't ask too many questions, starting with that assumption is, is really good. Yeah. Second step is study your people. So most people, if you, if you know DISC or if you know um, Myers-Briggs or you know those other personality assessment tools, mm -hmm. that's really helpful. But I like to challenge people and say, okay, when you think about your spouse or your significant other or a best friend, do you know how they communicate? Do they communicate visually? Do they communicate auditorily? Do they communicate kinesthetically? And if mm -hmm. you don't know the answer to that question, you haven't studied them enough. Mm -hmm. And I know that I don't know the answer to that question for all the friends that I have. I fully admit it. I don't have it figured out, but it's a worthy question to answer. Do you know their personality type in whatever world that you know personalities? And if you don't, figure it out because that will help you study that person. And in the, employ in the world of, of employing folks, 
when you know the wiring of them, then it's a lot mm-hmm. easier to know how to plug that wiring in <laughs> because then they're going to, they're going to start to really thrive because they're plugged into the right places. So assume that the person is fascinating and engage your own fascination about them. Study the person as much as you can get to know them and mm-hmm. you can do it covertly. You can do it overtly. There's all kinds of different ways to learn about people. It's mostly observation. And then lastly, shut up and listen. (laughs) (laughs) Leaders are always there. They, a problem comes, right? Somebody says, we've got this problem with this customer and they're, they're really frustrating. So I'll give you an actual example. As I'm working with this landscaping company and the department, the department head for the, the landscaping, landscaping division was really frustrated with problems that were coming to him. Cause he's always having to solve them. He told me, he's like, they come to me with these problems and then I have to give them answers. And then sometimes they don't follow what I say. And I said, Travis, what if you just said, what do you think? Mm-hmm. What do you think would happen if you just asked him that simple question? What do you think? And I kind of prefaced it and made it this really big deal. I said, I want to give you a forward question that will change the way you lead. And then I said, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And he listened, which was wonderful because yeah. that day there's an opportunity for him to ask that question or to pull on a Superman costume or suit and <laughs> save the day. Instead, yes. he didn't become Superman and he asked the question and they came up with a brilliant solution that he wasn't even considering. Mm-hmm. And it actually, they've used it consistently. It was, it was relating to scheduling and they've used it consistently going forward and it's made a big difference and it's decreased stress, right? Just because he asked one question. So assume fascination, study your people and be quiet and ask some questions. And the, the purpose behind this is if you're really going to empower somebody, what you don't want to do is be empowering their conscious mind. That's, that's tasks. That's a little bit of tactic, a little bit of strategy. That's Mm -hmm. just delegating procedures to people. That's not really empowering. That's not that great. And it's not rewarding to the person that's receiving that type of delegation. What you want to do is empower their unconscious mind, which requires questions. So if you want to be really good at empowering people, learn to to use open-ended, powerful questions. That will change your life as a leader. And it will definitely change the life of those that you're leading. And it's extremely rewarding all at the same time. Yeah. So I know in, um, in my experience too, that what do you think is very empowering, but sometimes you do have to follow it up with what else? Yes. What else? Because sometimes they'll give you an answer that is, you know, a run in the mill, maybe not the right answer. And you know, they know the right answer, mm. you know, and so you just have to keep on probing them with those questions and it can be uncomfortable if you're not used to doing it, but it really does help you dig deeper in and help them discover. I teach a workshop on how, how to help people think to create what's called a thinking environment. And there's a, there's a question that is extremely powerful. That's similar to what, to the question, what else, but it is what more do you think or feel or have to say about whatever the topic ah, is? What yeah, more yeah. do you think or feel or have to say? And the key about the question is it touches on three parts of our brain. Because mm-hmm. first of all, you're assuming they have more to say. So you're telling their brain, their unconscious mind, that there's more f- that it has to say. And so that opens that up. 
then mm -hmm. you're saying, what more do you think? So now you're getting the think and then you're engaging their emotions, feel, and then, or have to say, which is telling the brain, there is something that you have to say, mm -hmm. right? So you, that creates this really powerful urge within their unconscious mind to have a response. And yeah. sometimes they don't have anything more to say and that's okay. And other times they do. And even after they've said the, the other things, ask the question again, what more mm -hmm. do you think or feel or have to say the exact same question? And it will feel brand new to them. It will not mm -hmm. feel like a repeat question because now they have more things that they feel yeah. like hearing. And it's beautiful. I mm -hmm. frequently ask that question to my clients and I'm often surprised that I can ask it a few times and they still have more answers. So it's yeah. really fun. And that is extremely empowering. Yeah. So good. All right. So how does the leadership from, oh, sorry, I did that one. We were so involved. I got to skip over one because we answered that one too. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about imposter syndrome. And um, I'm sure you've seen that in your travels. So talk about imposter syndrome and how we can, as leaders, overcome that in life. Yeah, I think imposter syndrome is a beautiful self-awareness alert. Because when you're in a place where you feel like an imposter, that's an awesome opportunity for two things. One, to be aware of what's going on within yourself and what's going on around you that's created that. And two, it's an awesome opportunity for growth. So to me, imposter syndrome is something that needs to be happening in, in our leadership. If we don't feel like an imposter, then no, there's, there's something off. And mm -hmm. the way I talk about it, it, in my book, I talk about it, the risk mindset is what I call it. And I say... It's a fact that if you don't feel like a fake, you're not going to grow. <laughs> and it's a fact that if you feel, wait, wait, if, you, if it's a fact that if you don't feel like a fake, yeah, it's a fact that if you don't feel like a fake, you're not going to grow. And so we need to feel like fakes from time to time, which is that imposter syndrome. And if you don't, or if I don't, then that means in whatever area I'm not feeling a little bit stretched or I'm not risking enough then I'm probably not growing very much and yeah. I'm not learning about myself very much. So I'm not reinforcing that foundation of self-awareness. And then I'm also not going to be able to make adjustments to the way I lead and not be able to empower people. And it's it just, it all ties together. So to me, I love the imposter yeah. after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily right in the moment. I'll be I'll be brutally honest about that. But after the fact, it's really a cool thing. And you and you and hopefully you can get to that point quickly after you recognize that you're feeling like an imposter, just you know, seconds or minutes or maybe hours later. Mm -hmm. uh, but but once you do that, that's where the journaling comes in, right? That's where the mm -hmm. weekly reflection comes in because you can then do something with that feeling of being a fake or feeling like an imposter. Yeah. And one of my mentors used to always say, don't be the smartest person in the room. And to me, that always helps me when I'm feeling, and it's always when I'm pushing myself outside my comfort zone. And, but it reminds me, okay, well, it's all right that I don't know all the answers. And it's all right that I ask a lot of questions because that's going to help me grow. And yep. I need to keep growing. Stay curious, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Be the four-year-old. So- you yeah. have mentioned your book and you have that just coming out or it's just come out, but talk about right now, leadership, a four-part framework for today's leader. 
So the book's premise is that right now is the moment for you to lead. Right now is the opportunity for you to lead. But we are often stuck. I talk about when I'm working with my clients, most of them show up in a state of SOS. And that is that they're they're stressed, they're overwhelmed and they're stuck. And they're just waving the flag like I need some help or they're afraid to wave the flag, but they're in that place. And so what that means is there's some mindset struggles and there's some habit struggles. And so mm -hmm. in the book, I break down the four different areas that I've already mentioned with blue and I break them down into each, each area has five mindsets and five habits. And I teach people how to implement the mindsets of that specific area and the habits of that specific area. And that mm -hmm. you can actually do it right now. You can start right now implementing those mindsets and habits and shift your leadership, change your leadership right now. And I think we often think we need to study and, and practice and get to this place of, of deep understanding of something, but no, let's be that imposter. Let's take that risk and let's just do it right now. If you want to start journaling, as soon as you're done listening to this, get out a piece of paper or get out your iPhone or your phone and take out the notes app and just type down the five things you're grateful for. You just started journaling. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. Right. Mm -hmm. Or one of the habits in the empowerment is celebrating people. Find five people that you care about and celebrate them. Just mm -hmm. tell them the things that you appreciate them. You can start that leadership habit right now. So mm -hmm. the book is all about the, that concept and shifting people's leadership in the moment, because that's the moments that we have is right now. And it's not as hard as one would think. I love that because really, I, I two of the things I always remind people is that, you know, you should just live in the present the past is past and the future who who knows but live in the present but also perfect is boring and so if you wait to be perfect you'll never get anything done and yep. you'll be boring so um so just do it and learn from your mistakes and laugh about them later <laughs> yeah when i was working at the pet resort uh um, yeah we had we had this how many, how many spaces? There's six different yards and we'd house about 60 dogs at a time mm -hmm. and they'd all play off leash all day together. And I was out there, I'd just done, I had just finished scooping poop. So really, really glamorous job. Mm -hmm. And I was looking through the chain link fence and these two dogs were wrestling. They're just playing and clearly having a great time because dogs are really good at having a great time. And it dawned on me that dogs don't, they don't have any worries. No. They're not worried about anything. And that was like, what is that? And there's a, there's a wise man that once said, who of you by, by worrying can add a single hour to your life. And that, that message clicked in my head real, mm -hmm. real clearly where I went, Oh, worry is about time. And I cannot control time. Dogs know that well, dogs don't know that, but they're just, they just are. And so they're always present. And so the more that I've thought about that idea, I've, I've realized that when I'm concerned, when I'm worried, I'm thinking about mostly for me, I'm thinking about my future. I'm, yeah. I'm, really harping on and thinking about my future. And it, it gets me a little bit worked up when I'm, if I think about my past, then sometimes it could be something sad, but mm -hmm. regardless, it's distracting me from the present because that's the only place I really am. That's the only place that I can impact now. So uh, those dogs were, it, it was such a beautiful moment. I was just like floored by the wisdom of the dogs <laughs> and just yeah. the joy that they have of being in the here and the now. I had interviewed a woman uh, many months ago that uh, does leadership uh, and it's all based on looking uh, at your dog and learning how to be a leader 
um, from the wisdom of your dog. And it's great. I'll put in the show notes uh, a link to that podcast, but it really aligns with what you're saying, Kyle, for sure. It has flown by so much great information. Again, I do want to remind everyone the name of the book is right now, Leadership, a four-part framework for today's leader. And that will be in the show notes as well. And we are now going to share my screen. So if you have not been taking notes, shame on you, but I will be sharing my screen. You can take a screenshot of information of how to connect with Kyle. So we will give you his website. Those that are just listening, it is HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash blue shirt coaching.com again, blue shirt coaching.com. And he is on Facebook as he has a Facebook group that he'd like you to visit. And that is blue shirt group again on Facebook is blue shirt group. And on LinkedIn, he's at Kyle Gillette, Kyle dash Gillette. I'll let him talk to you about his call to action. So take it over, Kyle. Yeah. I'd love to connect with, with you. I am one of my favorite things to do is to try my best to live out that fascination, right? So I love to do consultation calls. I love to do networking conversations. So if anybody's interested in having that conversation, we can talk about in more depth, the things that I've talked about here. Uh, there's a lot of different tools that I bring to the table that can be of service, but the best way to connect is blueshirtcoaching.com. Click that link. It is free to connect and I'd love to get to know you. So I appreciate uh, the opportunity. Awesome. Well, it's been great chatting with you. Uh, so, so much aligned we are with our thoughts and our, um, what we do. So I'm so happy that you're my guest today and I wish you all the luck with your book. I hope that things do well. I definitely will go and check that out. I try to read, uh, several books every month. So it's <laughs> add to my list. Yes. But, uh, I'm taking that note for journaling to do it on my phone. Uh, that's brilliant. <laughs> and as always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nethling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nethling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.